0: Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing in small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast here, and thank you as always for joining me. And uh, yeah, we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, what happened this year, where we uh, where we came from, where we ended up, and uh, you know, we're gonna recap the uh, investing challenge. We're gonna see how our stocks performed against the broader markets, and uh, overall, get a sense of how we did uh, over there on Let It Grow Investing on Facebook as uh, investors and you know, kind of poll takers if the the names that we picked were decent names at that time or not. And uh, really just kind of a recap as to what happened in 22 and uh, what's going to, you know, potentially happen in 23. So with that said, uh, you know, I'd like to, you know, kiss 2022 goodbye. And uh, hopefully we don't see any kind of stock market performance like that uh, in the near future. It could get rocky out there to start this year. But uh, I do have a feeling that 23 is going to be a better year than uh, 22. So with that being said, uh, well, first off, I do want to uh, apologize for not getting an episode out this past week. Uh, with Christmas and, and uh, me kind of being a little bit under the weather, kind of having a bit of a cold, uh, went to record, didn't work, and then uh, sadly enough, we had to uh, put our, our puppy down, which uh, was not fun. But, uh, you know, we're we're getting through it, and it was definitely a trying time for the family here. And really, I just wasn't in any kind of state of mind to record. I really did not look at the market too much. Um, but, you know, I'm back here now. And uh, hopefully you guys got through that uh, short week without me. And, you know, the uh, the market really didn't do anything great this past week. We didn't get a Santa Claus rally. We didn't get uh, any kind of real positive movement. We had one day on Thursday that uh, closed up. Uh, Friday was a little flat, and, you know. Tuesday, Wednesday, were a little painful out there. Uh, so yeah, we uh, we didn't really miss too too much. We didn't uh, really see any major swings that I saw. But uh, as I said, I really wasn't paying attention that much this week. So where are we at? We uh, originally we started this year twenty two with um, a lot of S and P predictions, right? We were talking about. I mean, this is probably a hundred episodes back at this point about where these banks were saying we were going to be at the end of 22. Now, a lot of them said, uh, you know, mid fours, upper fours. There's a handful of them that said low 5,000s on the S&P 500. Where did we finish? 38, 39 for a drop of 19 points. Let me double check. Four, four percent. So they were all wrong. Um, so I want to lead that in with, again, the predictions and projections that you see from people like this uh regardless of what their title is what they think they know uh oftentimes they're going to be wrong and i think that if any of them came out and said hey at the end of 22 the the s p is going to be at 38 39 they would have been laughed out of their uh their office so i really want to show you that uh regardless of what you think they or what they think they know don't always follow and uh, really kind of set your sights on, you know, really the market for yourself, individual stocks that you want to be in, in really your timeline, your time frame and in your investing uh, endeavors, really where you want your money to go and how long you need it to grow in order to get there. Uh, so um, yeah, it was a rough year for me. You know, I'm down uh, well into six figures at this point and it's painful. It's it's definitely painful, but I am going to continue to buy companies that I think will be uh, stronger companies in that uh, five year kind of time horizon. So that's really where I'm looking at now. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of companies that we did buy early in the year, really, uh, you know, really fumble. We saw names like Nvidia and Ford and uh, Shopify that were uh, great companies in 2020 and 21 really get crushed. Now, a lot of different things we want to look at when we're buying these companies is really that outlook. Really, are they, uh, were they stretched too thin? Was the price to sales too high? In a lot of cases, they were. There was uh, PEs that were way too high. Price to sales on companies that weren't earning positive income uh, that were just stretched, and you know the market was still rallying around them because of. Uh, a lot of the lockdowns. A lot of people were buying everything they could get their hands on. So companies like Shopify, uh, you know, Etsy, Lululemon, uh, Ford, you know, all the the vehicle shortages, semiconductor shortages. People wanted camping equipment, this, that, the other. They were looking really solid. Now, when that uh, demand fell off and the the money, the free money dried up, these companies kind of came crashing back down. Um, so we really want to take a look at some of those numbers and really have a knowledge as to what these numbers mean really before we buy into any company. And really, what's that projection going to be going forward? Um, you know you're you're playing against a lot of professional investors that don't have a long term time horizon on names like this. So if they're buying in for a uh, six month or even a two month turnaround, and we're buying in for a five-year turnaround. You have to understand that there's a lot of uh, people driving the price of the stock up. Doesn't necessarily mean that the company is any better because of that stock price. They are not the same thing. Uh, so now, when we're looking at a lot of these companies getting crushed and just beaten down, we really want to look at different numbers that show us. Well, hey, you know, there is some some positive light on the fact that these companies came down. Uh, so. I was watching another video and he was uh, it's a, a Meet Kevin video. and he's a pretty wise uh, investor on a lot of different things. He knows a lot of his different uh, numbers and metrics and things like that that he follows. Now some of what he does is trading. He has done some margin, but uh, he does point out a lot of things in this particular video of you know different uh, peg ratios that you know could be a great sign for some different companies. So now one that he follows and that uh, he's was heavily invested in, I'm not sure if he is anymore, but I talk about it a lot as well, is Tesla. Uh, you're looking at uh, an opportunity there, as far as I'm concerned, going forward uh, based on the peg ratios. We have a lot, a lot, a lot of short-term problems, whether it's Twitter, whether whether it's Elon Musk, whether it's this uh, margin call that, you know, had to be recanted by, uh, I believe, Reuters, uh, who wasn't actually margin called. There's a lot of different things at stake out there right now in the short term that ultimately could be problematic. Now, is that a long term problem or is that the market overreacting and a lot of the euphoria coming out of this name? Um, so when you look at it right now, the peg ratio is down at a point four four. Anything under a one is uh, a generally regarded as a, uh, a value type buy. That's generally a good buying point on a lot of growth companies. So when you're looking at, uh, you know, I'm looking at Taiwan Semiconductor. They have a EPS growth of 10 percent, uh, a PE. Well, this was a couple of days ago, but it was a 60 times PE ratio. That peg ratio was a 6.04. Uh, so, you know, the fact that uh, Warren got in and everyone else kind of followed, they really sent this PE high. The the shares of the stock are higher than what they should be based on the growth that you are paying today for, for the future. So the six times multiple is too high, in my opinion, to go ahead and buy that right now. When you then look at uh, a company like Enphase, uh, ticker ENPH, you've got EPS growth of 25%, a PE of 51% so your peg ratio is at a 2. You're getting better um you know like I said this one has definitely been one that has been trading in a range and it's one that I have on my radar to buy when it's down at these price points. But um you know it's not one that I have to load up on for a lot of the reasons I've talked about in phase before. It's not uh um you know it's kind of old news. I've covered that a bunch of times. So I'm not saying I wouldn't buy phase. I, I would maybe kind of tiptoe into that one. Uh, NVIDIA, you've got 38% EPS growth with a PE of 32. So that gets your peg ratio down to 0.85. And now you're under that one. You know, that could be a good spot to look. Same with AMD. Uh, EPS growth of 25, PE 17, peg ratio 0.68. So a lot of these tech companies have really corrected down to levels that we haven't seen before. But when you're looking at Tesla, they still have 45% EPS growth. The PE was at a 20, so you've got a, a peg ratio uh, current of a 0.44. Now, that is a, a number that we have not seen on Tesla uh, that I can remember ever. It's uh, It's been above 1%. And uh, this might've been some some modified numbers that he was looking at. It might've been a uh, a longer projection or, a, or future because I'm looking at the, the PE current on uh, E-Trade and it says it's a 37 and a half. So it might be a forward PE. But uh, now anyhow, so this is a, a number that is way below where it normally would be. Uh, so even at a 37 times, you're still under one. So that's still, uh, still a value. And then he went on to say that uh, Bloomberg had it at a 0.92. Uh, so it might have been a forward project, forward projection. Now, when we look over at uh, you know other companies in the automotive space, you know, he compared this to uh, Toyota, Ford, GM. You you often get people saying, well, you know, I'd rather have Ford. It's got a dividend. Uh, this, that, the other, right? So he went over to Toyota, and over the next four years, their growth rate is projected to be a one point six seven five with two or three negative years of uh, growth. uh, And then, you know, a slight turnaround uh, near that 25 or 20, 25 or 20, uh, 26. So slight growth from Toyota. Um, Conversely with Ford and GM, they were negative the next two or two years and then a slight turnaround in 25. And then they were set to grow a good bit of their EV business in twenty-six. Now, you're going to say, how can you project out that far? Uh, the people at Bloomberg did that. I don't really know what their numbers are going to look like. Obviously, they think they're falling this year, coming off of a couple hot years, and they're really trying to reinvent their their model, how they sell this, that, the other. They're trying to reinvent their EV business and really try to grow in different ways. So, um, anyhow, they had uh, Toyota's peg ratio was... Uh, I believe it was a six something right now. So again, it was expensive. Ford was sitting at a 0.63 based on this four-year projection. And GM was at a 0.76. Now, you took out some of these uh, positive years in 26. And the the numbers all went negative. Uh, It was very tough to make any money for these companies. The growth rates would drastically slow. You weren't paying for growth. Uh, where in Tesla, you were still getting uh, about 30% returns year over year on their projections going forward. So for me, I still want to be adding into Tesla while it is on sale. Uh, a lot of people don't see that it's on sale. I know it's been painful. I've been in this one, it was my number one position. It has fallen out of that spot. But, you know, I don't know really where we're going to go with the investing challenge for this year. Part of me thought, uh, I was going to cover a couple different stocks and really say which ones I really thought would be a solid buy or ones that I would want to accumulate week over week. And we'd buy them in the same account. Um, We kind of had that problem last year where I was buying or I was recommending five different stocks to vote from. And then that stock would rally that week. So I was sometimes a little bit late getting into the position. Uh, sometimes it would have worked and you know they, the stock actually dropped pretty heavily that week. I'm looking at Nvidia on that one as well. But um, I, I'm kind of thinking maybe that's the way we go. We, we cover a couple different stocks that are really on my radar and ones that I'm really looking to buy. And I think right now Tesla is going to be one of those ones for me. Um, you know the the ask or not the ask. the uh, the price target to the actual price is very, very different right now. We've got uh, a price of 123 and the average price target is $267 on Tesla. Now, a lot of those price points were uh, back when the, the stock price was higher, but the projection should be focused on the growth rates, the you know the PE, all the different multiples that we're looking at on Tesla stock. So I'm trying to get away from the short term problems. Uh, I don't know that the Twitter and Elon problems are going to necessarily be Tesla problems uh, in 2025. I don't think that they're going to be. We've seen the fact that he's trying to find a different CEO. And I I really think that long term, this could be a great time to buy. Now, uh, I know that some people cut their targets, but they're still overweight. Uh, I think it was Morgan Stanley. Yeah, Morgan Stanley cut to a 250 target, uh, but it's still reiterated as an overweight position and a buy rating on the stock. So uh, again, my, my reasoning here is you know, look at your peg ratios. Uh, when you're seeing that they're under a one and you're looking at companies that uh, you really think are going to do better in the long term, I could certainly say that that is going to be a better position to buy a stock. When it is cheaper, you're still getting the growth rates. The growth rates are higher than what the PE is trading at. That's giving you that negative or that sub one on a peg ratio. So that is going to be something that I would look to buy. I'm still looking to buy NVIDIA. AMD kind of, you know, gets me looking at that one too. But there's plenty of other names that have been beaten down, right? With uh, that S&P falling that 20%, the NASDAQ is probably uh, a good bit more than that at this point. I am still looking to add to these positions, uh, you know, kind of for long-term games. That's, that's really where I am at right now. I do want to... Uh, really up my dividend income into 23 as well. That is kind of one of the things that I really want to get back to. And it's one of the things that uh, has really been on my radar for a while now. And some of these companies that have fallen, uh, I do want to pick those them up while the market is not paying attention to them as well. So I'm, I'm looking at those dividend payers that are uh, above three and a half, four 4% and really are going to pay us to hold on to them for a, a long while here. Uh, yeah, when I'm looking at the NASDAQ, that is the sore spot of the year. We are down 33%. So that is absolutely brutal. And uh, I feel your pain. I, I definitely do. But uh, I will continue to look for opportunities in this market and continue to tell you what I'm doing. That's all I can do. I don't wanna tell you this is a stock to buy but I will tell you what I am doing and hopefully that it'll work for you too. Um, or give you an idea. Let's, let's put it like that. So, you know, I said before we were looking at the, uh, the S&P, that is what I wanted to beat this year in the investing challenge. So the S&P was down that 19.4%. We have bought a stock every week uh, for the, the year of 22. And, you know, it, it never got to the point where it was green. We never saw green on this account, and that is not why I really came here to, you know, to to show you, hey, this is, you know, how great I am as an investor. This is going to be a thing of consistent buying to, you know, dollar cost average your way into the market, uh, which might not necessarily be direct dollar cost averaging because when you're averaging, you're you're normally buying into the same name. Um, but right now, with this investing challenge, that's kind of the closest thing I can say is we're we're buying in regular buys into different stocks. So they were down 19.4 percent on the S and P. We were down 14.2 percent. So we beat the S and P by five percent. However, we still lost um, as far as positive returns, which isn't isn't fun. I'm not really proud of the fact that we beat the S and P and we still lost money. I am glad that uh, we were consistent enough to do it for the year. That was definitely something that uh, I thought was going to be a challenge for me. Hopefully it was a challenge for you if you followed along. But uh, it's definitely something that I would like to continue doing in one way or the other. I have a uh, a habit at this point of buying a lot of stocks early in the year from January to April. Uh, that's pretty much when I'm doing a lot of my buying for the year maxing out my IRA as soon as I can. And then that leftover money goes into my brokerage account. So I'd like to be able to continue to buy throughout the year with you guys and really look at different names. So if there's names that you want me to cover, please go over to uh, Let It Grow Investing on Facebook or leave a comment on whatever uh, podcast that you are listening on and uh, and go about uh, you know letting me know what you are thinking going forward. Uh, so... Yeah, let's uh let's take a quick look. You know, the the top performer for this year. Uh let's do the top 5. Let's do it that way. We've got uh in number 5, we had UPS. That was an 8% return on the year. Number 4, Pfizer, 10% return on the year. Number 3, Lowe's. Uh Lowe's Home Improvement, 12.85% for the year. ABV, uh 12.87% Starbucks was number one at 22.48% for the year. So uh, common theme here, all of these pay dividends. Uh, in fact, all of the top 10 pay dividends when I'm looking at it like that. American Express is in there. They do pay, I believe, a small dividend. I'm not 100% on that one. But uh, the top performers, all of the green ones, as far as I am I'm pretty certain that uh, American Express, I should take a look at that before I put my my name on it. Um, they all pay dividends. And American Express is one of them ones that I think pays next to nothing, but I'm going to double check that. 1.41%. Uh, so that, that, that counts. I'll uh, pat myself on the back on that one. So common theme here, all of the green stocks this year were dividend paying stocks. Now, when I look at the bottom here, we are in uh, some different company and a couple of these we bought twice so it kind of throws off some of the uh, the averages here. but um, so I guess we'll go the bottom five. what do we got here? Um, and like I said they're out of order so it's kind of hard to track. I'll just I'll just run through some of the worst ones. honest company uh, down 50.9% Nvidia down 51.5%, plug power down 53 percent. Shopify down 62.7%. Tesla from when we bought it down 39%, which I think it was down about 40% in December alone. So that one definitely hurts. Uh, Ford down 40.7%. So Ford actually did worse than Tesla for us. And then Ethereum down 45%, which uh, you know everyone that said crypto was the worst performer, we've got uh, a list of companies here that did worse. So my, my point here is, Uh, those dividend stocks tend to hold up in a bad market more so than growth companies. Why? Uh, Their PEs generally don't get stretched that high. They're not normally that growth company that really rallies into this uh, euphoria as much as what the growth stocks are going to do. And for that reason, they're not going to come down as hard. You've also got uh, people looking for dividends. They're going to buy that to get some stability in their portfolio when things go sideways as well. So the dividend stocks really did do the best this year. And, you know, I really like to have some stability in my portfolio as well. So when I'm looking forward, I want to get a mixture of both of them. I want to have uh, some oil and gas. I want to have some healthcare. I want to have some banks, but I also want to have some up and coming uh, different names that are going to have these 10X returns. That is ultimately, uh, you know, a gift when you pick those right. But uh, these, these tried and true companies have definitely earned that spot of uh, you know, the dividend payers, the the comfortable names. And I can't see not having those in a portfolio that is a well-rounded long-term investment portfolio. So I will continue to buy a little bit of both. That's really what I'm looking to do. I want to, you know, really represent every industry and really have a, a good mixture that you guys can kind, kind of learn a little bit about um, a mixture of everything that is out there. That's kind of, something I really want to focus on is I, I I don't want to just be EVs or just, uh, bank stocks or simply oil and gas. Uh, that kind of gets a little bit boring to me. I like to really kind of diversify, cover a lot of different things that work for everyone and really continue to share my journey and some of the things that I've learned, whether it's been, uh, through a positive experience or a year like 22, when we really just get, uh, Kind of punched in the face and get a black eye from from this year. It has been a super rough year for me in a lot of different ways. Uh, but you know, one of the things that I I was talking about with my wife last night was the fact that this has been a great growth opportunity for me to come on here to talk to whoever's willing to listen, whoever wants to learn, and really have a chat here about the stock market and really investing your money to do something for you uh, beneficial long term. So thank you guys for being here. I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to see what we can possibly look at for uh, the first week of 23 and really where we think this this might go for the year uh, and kind of cover our thoughts as to, you know, what we're going to see going forward. So stick around. I'll be right back. All right, guys, I am back here. And uh, if you are not yet subscribed, please go ahead and do so. It uh, just takes about uh, two seconds to go ahead and click that button so you do not miss any more future episodes from me here. And I would definitely appreciate a uh, like and a share as well. If you could uh, invite some other people over to the podcast to uh, join us in what we're doing over here, I would definitely appreciate that as well. And it has been a full year since I have done an episode without having five stocks to pick from, to vote for on a uh, investing challenge. So this is going to be a new one for me, but, um, or maybe a a recap of episodes past in uh, 2021. But um, yeah, so I really wanted to look at what could really work well for 2023 and possibly some things that I would avoid. Um, Some of the things that I would continue to avoid is uh, a lot of air travel, uh, I know that uh, some of the demand is slowing. We are seeing some of that kind of get whittled away as uh, things get a little bit worse out there. If we do go into a further recession, I think that is going to uh, hurt a little bit more. i still not looking at any legacy automakers. Uh, for some of the different reasons I was talking about earlier and the fact that uh, those numbers, the growth numbers are looking lower for 23 and 24, Uh, I just don't know that there are long-term plays that I really want to be a part in. Uh, I look at Ford, where it has come from, and ultimately like where where it's going. Uh, I'm not going to bet against them. They have been around forever. They've gotten through a lot of different things, but I don't know that the growth rate is there for me to want to invest. Uh, For me, I'd rather be in something that is more of a consumer staple if I wanted to get into that type of uh, play. And, uh, you know, it could be communications plays, it could be healthcare plays, it could be food, uh, whether it's General Mills or Johnson & Johnson or Eli Lilly. I would rather be in some of those names rather than a uh, kind of a cyclical type business when you're looking at some of the automakers. When they're doing great, their growth numbers aren't that high and uh, kind of when they're surviving, the things look a little bleak for them. So I'm not really looking to buy uh, right now on the, the names like Ford and GM. That's not typically my wheelhouse of where I invest. Uh, so I'm going to stick with that for now. I don't know that it's going to be a solid year for them. They they might rebound on the fact that they sold off so much in, in 22. But uh, again, not for me at this time. Still not looking at Boeing. Uh, I do not really care for Boeing. That is one of those companies that I just do not trust. Uh, I do like other names in the in the uh, different industries that they're in, whether it's Lockheed Martin, uh, L3 Harris, uh, Northrop Grumman, General Dynamics, all names that I would like to be in more than Boeing. Uh, looking at Lockheed real quick, uh, PE of 22, quarterly dividend of two and a half percent. Uh, low beta. So I'm still interested in names like that. I don't know that I'm rushing out to buy Lockheed right now after the run that they have had this year. But uh, a, a, just a, a kind of an o- other name that I see that might be a bit of a better pick for me. Now, that's not to say that Boeing might not rally and have a better year than Lockheed, but I feel more comfortable uh, with LMT versus BA. So that's what I'm saying here. Now, uh, L3Harris, is one that hasn't had quite the run. It does have about 29% of upside going into the uh, year. And it could be one that uh, I would look to add to more so than even uh, Lockheed Martin right now. Just for the price point, the fact that it hasn't had that run, uh, the PE is a bit higher. You do get a smaller dividend, but uh, it does have more price uh, upside in this name. So maybe that that might be another way where I would look to add some some dollars if I was into the uh, the defense plays right now. Um, you know. So why not uh, some of the air travel? Uh, some of those margins are really low. Those numbers are really tight. Rising fuel costs makes it hard for them to make money, especially as uh, the seat count drops. If they can't fill every seat and they still got to fly that plane with more expensive fuel, more expensive labor, uh, pilot shortages, we've seen all these different problems this year. And it's just not really any spot that I want to be. I have seen someone, uh, another analyst called Delta Airlines, a uh, top stock for the year. I don't know that I'm there with them. Uh, That PE is crazy. I'm looking at Delta now. I haven't looked at this one, but it's a 287. uh, So that is really high. Uh, The beta is a 1-1. No dividend right now. I do think that they are going to be reinstating that dividend. Uh, as things come up. But there is a 51% upside on Delta right now. It's just not for me. Uh, I'm not saying that they can't recover. Uh, I'm not saying that uh, things won't work. But uh, if I wanted that type of upside, I'd probably look at some of the technology plays that I think are going to be a bit safer. Uh, so where am I looking? If I'm looking at technology, I do like the chip plays. Uh, I do like Adobe. That's has been a solid tried and true name for a while. Yes, it, it has come down. But uh, I think a lot of their subscription business has done really well for them. And a lot of the people that are creating on YouTube or any of the other uh, avenues out there are using some different Adobe products. Uh, So that could be a potential option. If I'm looking uh, at the chip uh, space, uh, still looking at Qualcomm, still looking at AMD, NVIDIA, all the typical names right there. Um, Probably a couple out there that I'm not looking at. Taiwan Semi. That PEG ratio, I think we got in too late. Not saying it can't grow, but uh, I'm saying that that PEG ratio is getting to that point where I'm not really interested with a uh, a 10% growth and uh, that PE being at a 60. It's really stretching uh, some of these numbers a little thin for me, and uh, the price is just a little too high at this point. Let me just double check that, uh, that PE ratio on Taiwan Semi and see if uh well no the pe on taiwan semi on this is saying it's a 14 so maybe that would have to get revisited by me um but looking at that other video i was uh, referencing it was a 60 in that video so i'm not sure where the uh mismatch is there but maybe that could be even be one that might get a nod going forward i haven't done a, a real deep dive on that one yet but um yeah i'm still looking at the the dividend names you know when i was uh doing the, a quick bit of research here. Some names that came to the top of my mind. I, I'm still looking at Blackstone. Uh, I think a lot of that private equity, there was a lot of scare there. There was people taking money out of that, but um, I'm, I'm still looking at that one. And uh, it's just done really well for me over time. So I'd like to add in while it's down around a 74. Uh, average price target of 102. So 38% upside roughly, and you're getting a 6.6% dividend. To hold on to this one, and uh, they they've got a really safe dividend there as well. So I would probably be adding to Blackstone at uh, this price discount, coming from a high of one forty in uh, February of twenty two. We're down, you know, about fifty uh, percent down to about seventy four. So that's definitely one that is on my radar going forward. Uh, if I'm looking at uh, more of the industrial plays. Um, one that came to mind and uh, doing a little bit of quick research was uh, was Cummins, the uh, typical diesel name. Um, I'm really interested to see what they come up with going forward to have some diesel over electric on some big trucks and uh, fire trucks, things like that, where you can't necessarily have the limited range of strictly EV, but if they uh, really incorporate diesel generators on electric power... Um, that could be certainly a way that I think that we could get forward using more EVs and having smaller diesel generators to power these uh, these new pieces of equipment of the future. Uh, I think Cummins is going to get there. They have made great products for a long time. They are tried and true in what they do. And I think that going forward, they will not release a product that is going to be subpar uh, just for the sake of having EV behind it. So uh, Cummins, uh, I'll continue to lean on them for uh, their big diesel applications, and uh, you know some of the different things that they do, and also really look for them for generators uh, in the way of diesel and diesel over electric power to really kind of power the the, the future here. They got a PE of about eighteen, dividend about two point six, probably limited on the upside, but uh, one that I think is going to be a leader in that heavy duty applications for, uh, kind of the, the heavy equipment of the future, uh, only about eight and a half percent upside on that one. So maybe let that one come down, but, uh, you know, it's not a screaming buy to me right now. Just one that I'm really interested to see what they do going forward. Uh, still looking at oil and gas. Uh, I know that oil and gas was one of the few bright spots that we had in 22. um, But I'm really interested to see what happens going forward. I know that prices are still high. I know that there's still an increase of demand around the world. And uh, one that I am in that uh, I'd probably be a little bit more prone to look at this one than some of the other ones for some of the upside was uh, Marathon Pete MPC. Uh, That one definitely came to mind about 15% of upside. We've got, uh, what's the dividend on this? Only about two and a half percent. When I bought it, It was much, much lower in 2020. Uh, I was probably buying around the $35 to $45 range. We're sitting at $116 now. So this one is trading low. It's at a five times PE. That that dividend is still 2.5%. That's definitely stable. And as long as oil uh, is staying above that $70 a barrel, they're still going to continue to print money. Uh, So that's one that I like. Uh, I still like Enbridge for that, uh, pipeline business coming out of Canada. You've got, uh, some good dividend there and it's a a safer company company also. So you've got about 6.6% of dividend on a company like Enbridge. Uh, so that one is one that you're going to buy to get more of that, uh, that dividend going forward and, uh, some smaller price appreciation as well. Let's flip over to the analyst research on this one, see what they're saying. Um, where are we at? PE was a 20 only about 9% of upside on that. But uh you're also getting that 6% dividend. So if you're getting about 15% a year on owning this one, and that, that dividend has been nice and safe since I've been watching this one, that could definitely do well for me as as well going forward. Uh another one that we haven't really talked about so much was uh Hannon Armstrong. Now, this is a uh an energy provider that has a big focus on solar. I have uh, had a previous position in this one. I haven't really looked at it in a while, but it was something that I was thinking, you know, we do have more of a demand on the grid for electric and uh, who's going to kind of benefit from that. Uh, and one of the names was Hannon Armstrong. So it's a sustainable infrastructure company and one that I think could do well going forward. And reading off their uh, description here, uh, it says they make investments in climate solutions, including energy efficiency, renewable energy, and other sustainable infrastructure markets. Uh, so they're in uh, preferred and common structures and unconsolidated entities, which own renewable and energy efficient products or projects. And uh, they're, they're really just providing a lot of different uh, sustainable energy around the world. And it's one that I think that could be a a, a a great area to be with more and more demand on the grid. Uh, That energy's gotta come from somewhere. Plus you're getting about 5% of dividend on that one. PE sitting at a 22. It could be kind of more considered a growth company, but you're also getting that renewable, regular income off of a company like this. Uh, Analysts, well, four analysts agree with me. We're currently sitting at 28.98. We've got an average price target of 50. That is an upside of 72%. Like I said, and you're getting the dividend of 5%. So it could be one to sit on your hands, let that money come in and let the price appreciate going forward. Uh, plus I think it's just in the right spot at the right time in the way of uh, renewable energy. And uh, you know, going back to some tech plays, I still like the uh, the security names. I still like the cloud names. And a lot of those have had a brutal, absolutely brutal year out there. And I'm still looking at them while they are beat down. And we can get more shares for the amount of money that we would have been putting in last year. So one name that continues to ring my uh, bell here is CrowdStrike. We are now sitting at $105. Uh, now the average price target is 177, 68% upside here. So I definitely like this one. I think in five years, they are going to continue growing. And I think they're going to be a powerhouse in the industry. So I would still like to see where this one goes. And uh, I will probably mix some CrowdStrike in with some of these other buys that I'm looking at. But uh, you know, that's kind of some of the names that I've got. Uh, I'm really interested to see what you guys think, though. If there's some names that are really uh, catching your eye and really have you interested in uh, a different position, please go ahead and share it up. I would like to see uh, some more interaction over there on Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Uh, one that uh, I was just kind of flipping through. I'll just bring this one up real quick. Sidetracked them like a squirrel sometimes. Uh, still PayPal. Uh, we have a price of 71. Average price target from 28 analysts of 106. So that's about a 50% upside. Now, I don't really want to put too much weight in the analysts. I, I know what uh, what they said for 22 on the S&P and they were you know, 20 some percent off. But uh, I do like PayPal's business. And, uh, you know, that being said, I still really, really like the credit card companies here. Uh, With the savings rate, uh, household savings rate going down in the 2% range, uh, people are going to be swiping those cards left and right. And I think that Visa, MasterCard, American Express are still going to be major benefactors of all that credit card swiping. So still looking at those. I still like PayPal. There's a lot of different growth companies out there that really do make sense for a long-term play. You just gotta be really careful that those growth rates and that company's projection really looks solid to you. Make sure you're looking at your peg ratios. Make sure you're looking at price to sales. You don't want them flying above you know, 10 times again. We saw that in uh, 2020. Some of these companies are stretched to 2025 and it didn't make sense. And now we see the, the corrections, the you know, collapse of some of those numbers and a lot of people got hurt. So I want to make sure that you guys are invested in some safe stuff. I know they're boring, but uh, they are safe and they do give you a dividend and some small returns that are stable. I'd rather be safe and stable, uh, at least on part of my portfolio and know that uh, you, know, you can sleep at night with at least some of those names in there. But uh, other companies have been remarkably rough. I hope 2022 uh, didn't treat you too, too poorly and that 23 has a much brighter outlook. So as always, thank you guys for listening. And uh, if there's anything you want me to cover, please let me know. I want to be uh, kind of a sounding board for some of the different options that you have out there. And really, let's get through this year together and come out stronger. Uh, I'm thinking I'm going to keep this Webull portfolio from 22 open. We're going to probably continue to invest in it. We're going to see where this number grows. So uh, I guess I'll say it again for the, the end of the video here. We are down uh, 14% to start the year versus the and 195 half on the S&P for 22, down 31% on the NASDAQ. And uh, I, I guess at the end of the day, I'm I'm really happy that we did get some growth companies at a discount. We did beat the S&P. Uh, I don't like seeing negative numbers, but uh, that's really what the market gave us this year. So let's continue to invest. Let's find some value. Let's really drive home uh, some of these, you know, lower prices on stocks that we really know and love. So I'm going to continue buying. Hopefully, you'll stick around and uh, stay with me from uh, from here on forward, going uh, into 23, and really, you know, pick up some stocks on a discount. So that's what I got for you guys today. Thanks for being here, and uh, I'll see you guys in the next one. Take care.